a fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. It's inspiration, it's the bottom line, and it's that time of the year. This is Rabbi Levi Avton of Linksfield Shul, live with you on High FM on the... 21st day of the month of Av, the 11th day of August 2020, 39 days, 38 days away from Rosh Hashanah. And here we are. We're definitely in the headspace. We're definitely in the Chagim headspace, trying to understand and trying to make sense of where we're going. I'm sure many of you listened to the chief rabbi's um, Zoom meeting slash Facebook on Sunday and heard about the various uh, shuls opening and the restrictions they're opening under. And there's no question about it that whether you choose to come to shul or you choose not to come to shul and no pressure either way, it's going to be a very different Rosh Hashanah. For one, the rabbi's not going to be giving lectures. I guess that's the one, that's the one upside of this whole thing is you're not going to have to sit through a 45 minute drusha from your rabbi. On the other hand, there's no shluff. There's no sleep like during a good uh, drasha. So my condolences to all those who uh, will lose out on their yearly shluff. Um, and well done to rabbis who won't have to watch people snore at them during the lecture. Just kidding. Um, but it's going to be different. No lectures, no choir, no chazanas, shorter services, social distancing, not really aliyot in the regular way not coming together to kiss the Torah, just like so much of what people consider normal is no longer normal. It's a new normal. And in many ways, this is what this is going to be the DIY Rosh Hashanah, do it yourself. Um, even within my own community, I'm, you know, creating various different material for people as we get close to the Chag. And I'm calling it DIY. It's do it yourself. There's no, there's no, um, pretty way of saying that each and every one of us are going to be our own shul and our own rabbi, whether we choose to come at home or even if we go to shul with our own little universe, with the lack of social um, connection and the lack of the whole experience, it's going to be very much within our own heads and within our own hearts how inspired we become. And that puts a huge responsibility on each and every one of ours, uh, each and every one of us to DIY, to do it ourselves and make this a meaningful Rosh Hashanah. I want to say that six months ago, we were doing the same conversation about Pesach, and many of us were very nervous that our Pesach is going to be substandard because we're going to be alone. And I want to remind people that a a tremendous percentage of people reached out after Pesach, not only to me, um, in my community, but I've spoken to many colleagues and they've shared that many people reached out saying that in many ways it was the most meaningful Pesach they ever had. Not that they would ever want to do it again the same way. They would love family around. They would love to be able to go wherever they usually go, etc., etc. But they found something deeply meaningful within the lockdown, within the private Pesach Seder, whether, whether it was them alone, them and their spouse, three, four people, etc. And I want to remind us that Whatever choices people make for this year, Rosh Hashanah, you will make it inspiring. Not you will as in you better, but you will as in I'm confident that you will. Because 
we've shown, each and every one of us has shown over the past six months, incredible resilience and adaptability. We've shown our ability to be adaptable and to make sense. Yes, we have harder days, we have um, easier days, but we've we've shown our, to ourselves our incredible tenacity, grit, and adaptability that we're able to make the best of a situation. So I think it's important that before we even go into what Rosh Hashanah will look like this year in our own hearts and what work we could do, I think it's so important to focus on this element. And the element is we will be okay. You're like, really, really, really? We will be okay. We will have a meaningful Rosh Hashanah. We will have a meaningful Yom Kippur. We will have a meaningful Sukkot. We will make the best of wherever we're at. We will be okay. Please remember that. And we will find ways to inspire us. We will um, dig in and uncover beautiful me- messages and meaning. And maybe you won't hear a great drusha this year, you know, with all cynicism about drushas and people falling asleep. A lot of people do come to shul and they want to hear something inspiring. But this year, the, the person who gives the drusha is going to be you. It's going to be you and I talking in our minds to our hearts. Literally a conversation between the the mind and the heart. I often tell people, and I truly believe this, that your mind has so many good ideas. You, each and every one of us is full of values and principles and good ideas. We don't necessarily always live up to them, but in our minds, we're, we're pretty decent. We all have a basic education, um, whether in Judaism, um, even if it's basic, but nevertheless, through our experience in life, we learn a lot, a, lo- a lot about be- growing up and a lot about taking accountability and a lot about being moral and decent. Life teaches us these things. And we all have a speech that we're here to deliver. And maybe there are certain people who are better masters at articulating um, or better masters at putting people to sleep, whatever, you know, got them their job. But each and every one of us is articulate enough to inspire ourselves if we only believe that we have the inspiration. And I would encourage you to start working on your Rosh Hashanah Drasha this year, on your on your speech, to start working on your Yom Kippur Kol Nidre thought. In other words, what thought is going to generate you? What thought is going to inspire you? Where is your headspace going to be? Because it's not going to be, okay, I'm coming with a blank slate, and now whatever the Chazan Choir and Rabbi you know, produce is where, is where I'm going to go. No one's taking you anywhere. The emotional experience is all going to come from within, not from without. That whole aura is not going to be there. There will be something else, and I'm sure it will still be beautiful. But the usual aura won't be there, and it's going to have to come within. It's the inside-out year, literally from the inside to the out. And therefore, as we get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah, you know, I remember just a few weeks ago saying we're 100 days away. Now we're less than 40 days away. It's time to start writing that speech. It's time to start writing that thought. It's time to start developing the thought that's going to inspire us and take us to the place we need. Now, this Linksfield has opened a magnificent new store in the neighborhood complex in Linksfield, corner of Sivan and Club Street. It's a full-line Discom store, which means that in addition to your meds, supplements, hygiene, and health food, Discom Linksfield has a wellness and well-baby clinic. There's ample free parking, and remember, Discom also do free delivery. That's Discom Linksfield pharmacists who care. We are going to take a quick break now and play one of my favorite songs. It's a very popular song. It's called Halev Shali. My Heart by Yishai Ribo. This is 101.9 High FM and my name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 
This is 101.9 Chai FM. You were just listening to Halev Shali, My Heart, a beautiful song by Yishai Ribo, a very successful um, artist in Israel. So, we're talking about DIY Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Sukkot, doing it yourself. I think it's a theme that comes up every single year. At least I, I recall bringing this up on this time of the year on the show. And I think this year more than ever, I want to bring it up. And I want to say something that I've said many times, but I believe it to be true. Um, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, I was going as a student to teach in a certain um, yeshiva, a place of higher education, Jewish higher education. And I, I didn't feel worthy of the role, and I was very nervous about standing up to the role. And I reached out to a mentor of mine from the past and asked him for advice how to go and inspire people when I didn't feel worthy of the role. And he told me, he says in Hebrew, talk to yourself out loud. And interesting, I've shared a story before, but I've never actually reached out to this teacher and told him uh, the impact those words made on me. I've shared those words probably hundreds of times, not as an excuse, but as a, a, tr- a true feeling that when we talk to ourselves out loud, it's the only time we're able to actually talk to others because preaching to others is judgmental, self-righteous. But if we talk to ourselves and try to inspire ourselves, and hopefully somebody gets inspired on the way besides ourselves, I think then it's justified. So I reached out to this teacher and uh, about two weeks ago. I got his number and I said, I just want you to know that we haven't spoken in 15 years, whatever how many years it's been. But that one statement you told me, I actually remember very clear. And that statement is talk to yourself out loud. So he smiled, whatever, he sent a smile on the WhatsApp and he says, and he still talks to himself out loud. But it's true. It's not just an excuse to be able to preach. It's, it really is. People in our time and day and age, you know, I think the COVID has humbled us all and made the biggest genius feel not powerless, but powerless, less power in, in, in to this world. You know, I was talking, I reached out to a few medical doctors this week, various issues, the community, etc., and all of them told me the same thing. They said they've never seen anything like this. And it's like the first time for many of them in their career where science just comes and says, we don't know yet. And every single day, and I'm sure if you're following the news about COVID, you just know, we don't know. This morning I read an article about long-term effects on kids, um, perhaps, and long-term effects on adults, perhaps. Um, I know my own family who had it today, four or five months later, they're still getting symptoms. And people are saying it is, it is. And the point is nobody knows. And I think that the humility it's brought to all of us to understand that with all our genius and all the sophistication and all the knowledge and all the science and all the wisdom of, you know, millennia didn't uh, prepare us as a society to deal with a bat in China who has a new form of corona. It didn't. And that humbling experience means that I think that many people are talking to each other from a much more genuine place. It's interesting if you follow and you, you know, read, you watch various Zoom talks or Google Meet talks and you see what's going on. There's a lot, a lot of storytelling. And that's what I found even in my community. The thing that gets the most participation is storytelling, people telling their stories of struggle. In other words, people sharing their vulnerability is what's really um, evoking response and emotion and people are much kinder to each other in their response in other words much less judgmental when you tell somebody that you're struggling people are much more empathetic to that and like yeah i get it i i feel for you i'm also struggling and i think that 
with all the negativity, I think that's been one very positive thing that's come out of this uh, six-month craziness is it's it's humbled a lot of people. It's taken a lot of people and, and cut them down to size. And it reminds us that we're not invincible and we don't know everything and there's things that are in this world much bigger than us and we have to do our part. But ultimately, don't preach. You know, we're all in this boat. We're all on the ocean together. I know many people say we're on the same ocean, different boats. True point. But we're all on the same ocean and there's no room for judgment. So when I talk about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, I talk about, you know, the idea of finding it within ourselves. I'm talking to myself. Because again, for all of us, this is a first. I've uh, spent Rosh Hashanah, even before I moved to South Africa, spent Rosh Hashanah with thousands of people. Each year I would daven in the main headquarters of the Chabad movement in Brooklyn. That's where I grew up in Crown Heights. On average Rosh Hashanah, you had anywhere between five to 10,000 people stuffed in a room that should not sit more than 500 to 1,000 people. And it just, it's been unreal, um, them moving to here and having communities who have hundreds of people showing up. And then having this year, this is new for us all. This is strange. And nobody knows how we're going to react emotionally once we show up to the stage, to the stage and show up to the world that is. But I truly believe each and every one of us will show up and will do okay. And again, the first thing is to remember that we're going to inspire ourselves, that this is very much going to be from within, that we're going to have to dig in and prepare incredible sermons that are going to inspire us. We're going to have to prepare beautiful music that's going to inspire us and all in our own head. And the truth is the only inspiration that actually lasts is inspiration that comes from within. Inspiration that comes from without helps. I'll be honest. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing my job. As a rabbi, I do believe I can make an impact. Otherwise, what am I doing with my life? However, one thing I've come to really appreciate is you can only make an impact if somebody wants to make it. If someone allows you into their life to make an impact, you could offer the most beautiful music, the most beautiful content. But if somebody's not ready for that in their life, you're talking to the wall. And that's why I don't really believe that we change lives, whether we're parents, teachers, rabbis, or any other people of influence. I think we're there so that if a person is ready, we can do whatever we can to help them. But they have to be ready. They have to open their mouth. And this is a very, very important thing that I always have to remind myself, and that is you don't change anybody. For example, I'll be, I could be talking to you right now, wherever you are listening to this radio, whether live or you're listening to it uh, recording later on. And either what I'm saying is putting you to sleep, and right now you're just shutting it off and saying, okay, who in the world does he think he is, or this is so boring, please save me. Or you could sit there deeply resonating. Now, it's not so much about what I'm saying, it's about are you open to this message? Now, not necessarily is it the best message in the world, but the point is that if this message will impact you, it's only going to be because you allow it to impact you. So it's you, it's not me. In other words, we inspire ourselves and then we allow certain things to come in to enable us to grow, to, to empower us, to make us bigger. So each and every one of us has the responsibility to ask, am I ready? Am I open to change? Am I in a headspace that it allows growth? You know, there's a famous story. It's used as an analogy, but it's a true story. And that is the story of... 
um, the musician who was considered one of the top violinists in the world in the early 2000s, he went down and uh, set up his violin or cello in the metro of Washington, D.C., and he played one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever composed. And it's it's a true story, and you could actually read it. The guy who played the violin, if you Google the guy who played the violin in uh, the metro in D.C., and nobody noticed. That's how I found the story. And pretty much, besides one child who stopped by, nobody noticed. And this is the same artist that many of these people would have paid hundreds of dollars to sit in a beautiful theater listening to the exact same music. And he played the most beautiful music, and he gave it his whole heart. But nobody noticed because people weren't open to it. When you're going to an opera concert, when you're going to a classical music concert, you're open to that. In other words, if you're going to a classical music concert, you know what you're going to. You're open to that message, unless you're a schlep by your grandmother and you hate classical music. Chances are you're going because you want to. And you're allowing that magic, the the person who's playing that beautiful um, music, to go in. But if you're not open to it, you could the music could be playing right next to you and it does nothing. And for me, that's a, that story, when I heard it in the early 2000s, it made a very big impression because ultimately what it says is people have to want something. In other words, let's say I come and tell you Judaism has all the answers. It, it can offer such meaning in your life, blah, 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 which I, I'm not saying I, I, as a joke. In other words, when I say blah, 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 I mean like for real, but I'm not going to go down the whole speech that I could give about it. If you don't believe it, if you are not open to the idea that an ancient religion is relevant today and come with an open mind to the message, it's very hard. Yeah, if I'm charismatic enough, if the speecher is dynamic enough, if if they, they share enough funny stories, they might win the person over. But ultimately, until the person says in their mind, I am ready for this message, it's over. It's over. And that's why you find that very often people turn to religion at certain stages in their life, whether it's when they have a child and suddenly they need meaning because they want to raise a child decently, or they're having a crisis, they're trying to find meaning in a crisis or in death, etc., etc., or any other, you know, hatch, match, or dispatch. They want to give the kid a brisk, they want to get married, etc. At that moment, people realize they need something and then they're open to a message. But until the person doesn't realize, oh my gosh, I'm getting married, it's going to be under a chuppah, I want to get married according to tradition, what exactly is this all about? It's very hard to get that 25, 30-year-old into my room and say, they're saying, let's talk about Judaism. Thank you very much, Rabbi, I have a life. Suddenly, two years later, he proposes to her, and now they're like, okay, Rabbi, we need to come meet. Why? Because suddenly, um, for whatever reason, thank God they chose to, you know, get married according to halakha, according to Jewish law. The rabbi has to do it, and now we're somewhat open to the message. The point is that we have to open ourselves. So yes, this year there won't be great speeches and there won't be fantastic um, music in shuls, and the choirs not necessarily will be fantastic, etc. There won't be choirs. I mean, it's actually illegal. But the inspiration anyways never came from them. It came from you. It came from me. When I walked into the room and I was open to the music, then the music inspired me. I've seen many people walk into a show, pay X amount of money for their seat, show up. After five minutes of listening to music, they're bored, stiff, and they get up and leave. And ultimately, you know, they, they felt obligated to buy a seat, which is, you know, admir- admirable. But it, they weren't open to it. No judgment, they just weren't open to it. The music didn't resonate with them. It may, it's not the, the tradition they grew up with, or they just never grew up with music at all. 
or this kind of music. And the, the Chazanic choir could be singing majestically. But if the person's not interested in listening to Chazanic choir, they'll either go to a shul that doesn't have it, or they'll walk out, or they'll just fall asleep, or read a magazine, or talk to their friend. And that is the principle of inspiration. The principle of inspiration is we open ourselves to messages when we're ready. I know in my heart, and I know from the changes I've made in my life, not too many, but the few I have, that people could push you for a long time. You know, Levy, it's the right time to take this uh, to take this resolution on. It's about time you take this on, whether it's, you know, more Torah learning, whether it's taking care of your health, etc. And you could hear the most motivational stuff. But until you don't have this wake-up call that says, I want to take care of my health, I want to be inspired, I want to know more of Torah, I want to be more knowledgeable, I want to up my game, until that happens... So this year is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to sit there asking ourselves, where am I at? You know, take out all that external inspiration. What do I actually want? Do I want to have a meaningful Rosh Hashanah? How can I create it in my own mind? What can I do to put myself in the space? I can no longer rely um, on other people because, first of all, not necessarily did it ever work. How many people come to Shul Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah actually changes them? And I'm, I'm, no judgment. In other words, I hope people continue coming. But you could come year after year and it doesn't change you until you you want to be changed. Some people don't want to. But if this is the year we want to change and we do change, wow, that could be amazing. Absolutely amazing. What do you think? This is Rabbi Levi Aftson of Linksfield Chul. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabrengen, and we are talking about ownership of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. This is, once again, 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabrengen with Rabbi Levi Aftson on 101.9 High FM. Let's be honest. This year, Rosh Hashanah, we're all going to have a lot to daven for. It's not going to be like, oh, gosh, you know, what should I actually pray for? My life is just fantastic. It is fantastic, and I appreciate the optimism, but I don't think any single one of us is coming into Rosh Hashanah with, with that request. It's been a very strange world. It's been a different world. And that part of Rosh Hashanah, I think we're all going to resonate with, you know, asking God for a normal year, or, or at least what we thought was normal, or some balance between the old normal and the new normal, or something. But is Rosh Hashanah really only about asking God, or is it also about God asking us? Yes, you know, we're all going to be inspired. You don't really need inspiration to ask God for life to go a little more normal. You don't need inspiration for that. I think you just have to wake up one more day in Groundhog Day bed and suddenly realize that, gosh, I actually want uh, to get out and do something. But Rosh Hashanah isn't only about asking. And it isn't only about asking forgiveness. It's also about asking the question, what does God want from me? In other words, not only what I need, but what am I needed for? What am I needed for? And that question of why. You know, I'm coming and saying so many different things I want. Hashem, please take the sickness away. Take the pandemic away. Bring health. Bring Parnassah back to people. Bring, you know, healthy relationships. Bring forgiveness, etc., etc., etc. But why do I want all that? Not just because I want to have a good life, because I want to make 
I want to play my part. I want to make the difference. That's really what Rosh Hashanah is. It's about reminding ourselves we're here for a purpose. Rosh Hashanah commemorates the fact that 5,780 years, this year it's going to be 81, Adam and Eve were created on this day. That's why Rosh Hashanah is not on the day that traditionally the world was created. It's on the sixth day. The Torah tells us the world was created in six days. Again, the different opinions, even within the Orthodox community, if those six days are literal or not literal, for argument's sake, let's take it now and just say the six days. Okay, the sixth day, we're told, was Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, it commemorates that day. Because it's not the day that the world was created, it was the day that humanity was created. It was a day that reminds us every single year, you are here for a purpose, that the world was all created before us. We're told in the Talmud that the reason that human being was created last is it's a double message. If we do what we have to do, then God comes and says, wow, look, the whole world is there for you. But if we don't do what we have to do, then God says, even an ant, even a cockroach came before you. Yitush kadamach. Even the smallest animal came before you. They were created on the fifth day or even early sixth day, and the human being came last. But we showed up. The world was lacking something, and we showed up. And the question is, did we fill that lack, or did we make the lack bigger? And that's a question every single year that we have to ask ourselves on this day. Every day of the year, but especially Rosh Hashanah. Levi, are you playing your part? Are you asking yourself what you're needed for? Beyond all the pleasures, beyond all the fun of life, beyond all the excitement, beyond all the thrills, beyond all the, the worries, are you actually playing your part? Are you making this world a better place? Are you being a vehicle through which godliness comes into this world? That is the Rosh Hashanah question. When we crown Hashem as our king, it's not this esoteric, abstract concept of kings and queens with you know long robes and big scepters. It's this idea, are you committed because in, in, in Judaism, the way royalty is expressed is literally the, loyal, the, the king and the queen, the royal family, expect absolute commitment. And a, a, a person with it, like the, if you study Jewish mysticism, especially Hasidut, it talks a lot about this idea as it gets closer to Rosh Hashanah, the king, that the king is in the field, and then the king goes back to his palace. And this idea that you're committed to the king's vision, you're, you're so um, humbled by the greatness of this king, because obviously we're not talking about a human imperfect king, even though there's a certain respect that is demanded of human kings, even if they're imperfect according to Jewish law. We're talking about the king of kings, creator of heaven and earth. And crowning Hashem and the king means I'm committed, God, to your vision. If you actually look at the prayers of Rosh Hashanah, it's something we're going to explore, especially over the next few weeks, as we said, so many DIY, so many do-it-yourself Rosh Hashanahs, it's important we go and actually explore. But the theme of Rosh Hashanah and the prayers is, Hashem, Meloch, please rule over me. Don't be my dictator. But allow me to buy into your vision. Allow me to become bigger than myself when I lose myself in you. Again, allow me, God, to become bigger than the sum of my parts when I lose myself within you, when I give myself over. Because when each and every one of us just gives ourselves over to our own dreams, we're so limited by them. We're confined. It's tiny. We're small. But when we lose ourselves within the divine, when we give ourselves over to a calling that's bigger than us, we become infinite. 
And that's what Rosh Hashanah is. Rosh Hashanah comes to remind us, be part of infinity. Be part of something incredible. Sign up for another year of doing God's work. And that's really what we have a conversation with God each year Rosh Hashanah. We come and say, God, I'm asking you for another sweet year simply so I could do your work. Not for my selfish reasons. Please allow me another year of health, wealth, nachas, that I could focus my energies on making your world a better place and do what I'm needed for. So as we get closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah, less than six weeks away, and we're getting closer to Rosh Chodesh Elul, first day of the month of Elul next week, the kings in the field, that's the theme of the month, very, very powerful month. It's so important that at this time of the year that we start focusing inward and saying, okay, beyond COVID, beyond all the chaos, where am I? How aligned am I to myself? How aligned am I to my values? How aligned am I to my better self, to my optimal self? And start aligning that, literally aligning it, getting back in shape. Spiritually speaking, not becoming perfect, but getting in shape. In other words, reconnecting to what we believe. Because as we said earlier, each and every one of us is so beautiful and has so many inspiring ideas. And each and every one of us has enough to transform the world. I remember one of the statements from the great book, the Yom Yom, the first book authored by the Lubavitch Rebbe. He says, each and every one of us has enough light and goodness within us to transform a city, to transform all the people around us. Each and every one of us is so full of beauty, so full of morality and and just the best. But we have to expose it. It has to become not only our subconscious, but our consciousness. And that's really what the work of these next few weeks is. To realign so that when I sit down this year, Rosh Hashanah, please God, I'm congruent. I'm aligned. I'm not all over the place. I know why I'm here and for what I'm here. And I come to God and I sit there negotiating with God. Hashem, please. I commit to another year. I commit to another year of growth. I commit to another year of becoming better. God, will you grant me that? Will you give me the opportunity? Please. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afsin, and you're listening to Fabringen on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on the Soul to Soul Network. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Rabbi Levi Atzin, and we have been talking on the 21st of Av. Here we are live, talking about, and just beginning the conversation, because ultimately, gosh, is this a conversation that we all have to have with ourselves over the next four weeks, to hype ourselves up, not hype in a negative way, but hype in a positive way, to get into the zone, to zone in, to plug in. You know, we've been COVID out, um, whatever it's called, COVID out. Um, corona out and lockdown out and a lot of people are just feeling tired, drained 
or in the local vernacular, buggered. Um, but Rosh Hashanah is coming. And Rosh Hashanah is renewal. I know that Rosh Hashanah in the Southern Hemisphere comes at the end of the the work year and the school year, but nevertheless, it's the beginning. Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of a year. And renewal, freshness. And to feel fresh this year is going to be a challenge. Not many of us didn't go on holiday. Many of us didn't walk out of the, the square meters of our little house for many months. Freshness is weird when every day just seems the same. But that's really the call. The call is to walk into this year, Rosh Hashanah, feeling a bit fresh. Not walking out of a haze. What day of the week is this? Oh my God. Like this is the time of the year that you suddenly start getting, um, people saying, Rav, I just can't believe Rosh Hashanah is here. And I'm like, Oh boy, believe it or not, that we've been counting down these months for a while. It's been coming at us. No surprise. I wouldn't say this year was the fastest year. Um, but here it is and let's get fresh. Let's inspire ourselves with new ideas, not the same old cliches. And not even cliches, the same old beautiful stuff, but something new. Something that's just going to give us an oomph. And I'm going to challenge myself, even though, you know, for the next few weeks on the show, to try to share original ideas, ideas that maybe I didn't think of before, that never resonated with me before, and this year should. Because we need something new. Rosh Hashanah literally means new. Let's get this new. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining, for listening. This is Rabbi Levi and I want to wish you, it's already close enough to Rosh Hashanah, to wish you Shana Tova Mutuka, a good and sweet year for the upcoming new year. May we in very soon see the end of this pandemic. The best way possible would be not if there was a virus, but if Hashem took the virus out of this world, which is exile, and brought the world back to the way it's supposed to be, a godly beautiful, wholesome world with the coming of the Messianic era. May it happen soon in our days. Amen. God bless you. Shana Tovah.